Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeej. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> we back. We're back. Uh, probably took a longer break than we <laughs> intended to take. I think so, too. But finally made it back. We made it. Goodness. Should we should we help people understand what's happened? Oh man. In the last I don't even know how long it's, uh I don't think we've posted anything since the end of April. That is absolutely wild. Yeah. Okay. So end of April to now, we packed up everything we have and we moved very far away <laughs> to a whole other state. Chris drove a 26-foot truck plus towing a car behind it for 13-plus hours, and it was incredible. Um, We're all here in the new house. Chris, myself, Podcat, producer Ace, and we are thriving and vibing. Our house is really cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, as I would assume as many people understand at this point, uh, moving a house is uh, is an effort. Yeah. And so getting everything, being proactive so it wasn't the most miserable week ever, like most moving events are, where it's just like, pack it all up, yeah. then pack it up <laughs> some more, then go put it in a truck and hope you got a big enough truck, right? All yeah. of those things that happen. Um, we we tried to be proactive yeah. with, with our packing. And the podcast stuff uh, was proactively packed. And we were like, you know what? We're going to accept this reality. We're going to pick this back up when we're back. Let's be clear. I was the decider. <laughs> Producer Ace was like, do we want to pack this? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was just no time in my brain for a podcast. So thanks, audience, for being so understanding. Thanks to uh, the handful of people who have reached out and said, Yeah, thanks who's left audience. <laughs> yeah, they're wonderful. But we are back. We are better than ever. And we are Pacific Northwesterners now. How fun is that? We are. And I guess one more thing to celebrate. It was a year ago last week. Yeah. That we announced the podcast and we cut the second episode of the podcast in Oregon, in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. is where we did that. We were out uh, at this lovely, lovely place uh, surfing there in Oregon. Yep. And we cut the podcast there uh, on the place on the beach. It was lovely. It was really, really nice. It's kind of like that's a beautiful full circle moment because it was on that drive. We we drove from like San Francisco up to... Oh, don't get it wrong. We drove Sa- Salt Lake to San Francisco to Portland, back to Salt Lake. It was quite the trip. It was quite the trip, yeah. Um, and that's when we were kind of like, could could we live here? Could we live among the trees? And you know what? Turns out we can. We're actually pretty good at it. <laughs> the trees and the Bigfoots that no one can find. The Bigfoots. It's <laughs> just because they travel, they're interdimensional beings, Chris. <laughs> it's fine. That's why you can't find them. I, I'll, I'll be working on my interdimensionality. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so one year. One whole year. One year, year. Um, and 30-something episodes yeah. at this point. Uh, we obviously missed a little bit as time and life gets a bit busy. But uh, wanted in earnest to come back and start putting episodes back together for everyone. And 
just share our continued thoughts on everything that we do and how we do it and Absolutely. with who we do it with. Yes. Yes. And so I think uh, this going into this next year, I have a little bit of, of resurgence to grow the podcast, not for anything particular, but just the challenge that it is. So all of our less listeners that came back after uh, hiatus uh, from us posting everything, feel free to, you know, like and help us uh, grow the podcast, share it if you want to share it with people. We'd love to have more and more people participate as we continue to uh, post things on this podcast that are fun for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Jeej. Christopher. Anything else to do before we get into today's topic? Nothing else to do okay. before we get into today's topic. I am... Can I give a little preamble on the topic? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I don't... As you know, sometimes we know going into the episode, sometimes they sh- uh, Chris shares with me what he's going to talk about. I almost never share with Chris what I'm talking about. Um, I need a little bit more time to process before <laughs> before I have to speak coherently on something. <laughs> so he does me a courtesy and tells me, I know about half of what we're talking about today, and boy, am I excited. It's going to be a great one. Okay. So where I like to... Maybe spend uh, my thoughts and my times on things that can find themselves being a bit heavier yeah. uh, uh, amongst the things that I think about and how uh, we experience our millennial lives right. together. I figure no one wants to come back to that. No, no. It's like coming back from a vacation and having to look at a five-day work week. You're like, I don't have the time or energy for this. I'm going on vacation again. Yes. (laughs) All right. Today, keeping a bit lighter for uh, a graceful re-entry. Are you ready? So ready. Today, we're talking about shopping. Ooh. Okay. And so... Today, we're going to spend time on places we used to shop that don't exist anymore. Mm. Places we probably don't shop and probably won't exist in the future. And places we stopped shopping and for some reason it came screaming back at us in this year. (laughs) Are you ready for this? I am so ready for this. Okay. So thinking, I have a list. The list is not exhaustive of places that people have shopped in the past or uh, visited in the past for for entertainment for um, those purposes. Think back as you were a kid and or a teenager. Okay. Where did you go that doesn't exist today? Um, The first one that comes to mind, and probably because we mentioned it briefly, Borders. Borders books and CDs and... For those who maybe don't have a Borders reality, can you give them the quick two, like, two-sentence spiel? So, from my memory, I thought, okay, honestly, I thought Borders was a local chain to my, like, hometown only. I didn't know that there were Borders outside of it. But, from my memory, it was, like, Barnes & Noble. Like, think heavy on the books, but Borders had the addition of having, like, a really big... Um, like multimedia section as well. So you could get CDs, you could get vinyl. I don't remember. Back when CDs were like state of the art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. CDs were like the technology. You could get vinyl for the people who listen to vinyl. I remember a handful of cassette tapes, nothing else. I don't remember any DVDs or movies. Calendars. 
Yeah, like calendars. Puzzles, mm-hmm. things like that, yeah. Those kind of like knick-knacky things that like Barnes & Noble still has, like journals, mm-hmm. yeah. Puzzles is a great example. Some toys. So Borders is on the list. Oh, amazing. For for sure. And it's so... Where I bought my first CD, which was what, Best of James Taylor. James Taylor of <laughs> Classy. Classy, Jeej. <laughs> okay. So um, there are a lot of lists. They seem to overlap quite a bit. And like I said, none of them are... I'm sorry. One's very inclusive, but it was a lot of regional mm. uh, retail stores that were more like department stores. So it's like, I didn't think that was relatable to everyone yeah. as much as the more nationalized chains of anything was. So I'm just going to go off of uh, one list and we'll go from there and we'll insert anything that we want. Fabulous. So number one, wet seal. Did you ever shop at wet seal? It was very much like something I understood to be a place. However, I never shopped there. I was a little like a handful of years too young. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I remember seeing them. Um, obviously, didn't have clothing I was interested in. And so I'm not familiar with them. But I feel when I read through this entire list, maybe you could think about it's like, how come all of this feels like Southern California teen movie, every single thing on this list? Like everything feels like clueless or something that you would expect from that Southern California culture that was shoved down our throats in, uh, in the Hollywood multimedia, right? And oh boy, did we love it. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> so Wet Seal doesn't exist anymore. I had no idea. I very much thought they were still a thing. I can like see their font right now. Mm-hmm. The cheap jewelry. Yeah, yeah. The going out tops. Was that a competitor to like American Eagle or some of those other things? Um, I'd say it's almost more like a modern, like a old fashioned, um, not, what is, what's the one that's kind of like H&M, but it's not H&M. Ooh, I don't know. It's also in the malls. Forever 21. I feel like it's like a forever oh, 21. Okay. Cool. There'll be a couple more there. Okay. Like that. All right. Borders. <laughs> borders. I mean, borders. Millennials can't be blamed for killing borders. It has to be Jeff Bezos at this point, right? It's it's gotta be. What year did they end? Uh, let's see here. I remember in being like small. 2011. So just no, because a company small. ends at some period of time doesn't mean that they're not limping to their like eventual demise for a handful of years. Gotcha. Much like uh, Toys R Us and some of those other things, where it's like this is inevitable. This is going to happen. Just when is the cash going to mm, run out? Type mm-hmm. of thing. So 2011s they held out for for a period of time, and now we see. Um, Barnes and Noble also consolidating yeah. locations and yeah. finding themselves. It's like we can only be where it's profitable. I think there are a handful of things at play there. Like there are people that are always going to like the feel of a book in their hand, right? Yeah, for my sure. mom is one of those people where she definitely prefers like the weight and the feeling of a book and everything mm-hmm. there. Um, but I think that there's a lot of like attractive e-reader, very accessible e-reader options now. Um, even though like, I don't think paper even exists, um, but like nooks, Kindles, all of that. Oh, and subscriptions make it so much cheaper to right? burn through so many books until 
you hit the limit of the subscription plan or whatever that is. Exactly, not a thing for me. Exactly. I'm not a big reader. No, but I, I read mostly on my iPad unless mm-hmm. I have a book. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, it's easy, right? It's usually less expensive. I don't have to like go to a store um, and find something. It's like as my whim, I'm like, oh, finish that book. Let's go find another one. You're right. Like Libby, which is a library service. Mm, yes, Libby. huge. Um, and I also think that there's been kind of among the book community, kind of a push to uh, buy local or f- buy from like black owned businesses oh, uh, okay. for bookstores. So I can definitely see how some of these big... The chains. The chains are being pushed out by a variety of different things, right? Like more, more uh, conscious consumerism. And then the other side of that being Amazon. And then in the middle, maybe not as much physical product moving. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Here's one for you. Sharper Image. Sharper Image doesn't exist. I literally bought something from them, like, while I've known you, Chris. I don't think so. Oh, no. Because we haven't known each other in the time period that this has no longer existed. Okay, go on. One. Okay, <laughs> hold on one second. I'm going to come back to that. Sharper Image. Effectively... Sky Mall catalog in mall shop form. I'm thinking Brookstone. Okay. Yeah. Brookstone, the same almost thing. the same okay. thing. It's essentially <laughs> the like wild stuff that you saw on Sky Mall where you're like, I don't know where I could get this 80 point contact massage chair except <laughs> in Sky Mall. You better believe Sharper Image let you sit in that with everyone else's germs. For as long as you want or until you caught a side eye from someone that was kind of hovering around waiting for you to get out of that chair. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, Sharper Image out in 2008. Okay. That's, that is a lot. Did they, did their brand live longer than the stores or Um, is Sharper Image just gone? Sharper Image does not exist. Liquidated all their inventory. Oh, oh, oh. It looks like they have an internet presence. Okay. So they've gone to what I assume is a dropshipping gotcha. model like many of them have. But I think one of the common themes I see in a lot of these um, stores is they were reliant on mall traffic, mm-hmm. like foot traffic and mall yeah. foot traffic kind of started finding its unpo- eh, not unpopularity. The advent of the internet coming into its own in the early 2000s or 2005 Mm -hmm. and shopping really reduced the need to go to the mall to to be a consumer, right? That's how I'll say that. And so some of these niche mall Mm -hmm. stores that their whole distribution was, we have a footprint in a more than likely a Simon's. I don't know if you know the Simons group. I do. Yeah, they own yeah. like 90% of mall store frontage in America. They're just an enormous uh, real estate investment trust. Uh, but all these little stores that found their niche and just inserting themselves there, the foot traffic dies and of course they die, right? Can I say like a little RIP to mall, mall culture? Please, go right ahead. That was the place to be when I was growing up, right? Like... Even before I could drive. At your age, still. Yeah, at my age, it was like, let's go to the mall. Robin Sparkle style. How many 80s-based teen movies all centralize around a scene in the mall 
or mall culture. It was so powerful. It was so powerful. I do not know what we were like, why that was so attractive to us, but that was like going to the mall and like purchasing what you could, what you could. With the dollars that you had in your pocket. Exactly. (laughs) was like such a big deal. I remember, oh my goodness. I remember going one time and it was with my friend Cassie. Um, and I think her older sister like took us okay. and we went and I got from Express, which I don't know what I was doing in an Express at that age, but this like thing that became my going out top for the rest of my youth. And it was this pink sparkly fringe. Of course it was. Um, like tank top thing. Uh-huh. And, and it, yeah, it had sparkles right here. It had fringe right here. It was like lacy. It was beautiful. And, um, for those of you who who might not recall, I grew up Mormon, um, very religious, and bare shoulders were not allowed. So I wore that going out top with a like white cap sleeve no, shirt on. No, you didn't, Jeej. Oh. For oh. years, and Good I for still you. remember that as like one of my best mall finds ever. Yeah. Okay. So R.I.P. to the mall. Malls generally, right? <laughs> Malls generally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, this one might not necessarily be you sports authority i remember when they went out of business i did not realize they went out of business wow uh sports authority was a denver based big box sports apparel retailer would you say there's something similar to like a dick's now yeah they're akin to to like a dick's sporting goods probably is the best uh comparable to them and so they sponsored like the Denver Broncos, like football stadium. Oh, they wow. were like all of that. And then it was just a quick right down the hole, uh, closed all of its source, stole every, uh, sold everything and Dick's acquired them for pennies on the dollar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so sports authority and I just sit there and think it's like all of these brands are a function of people not spending their money on them anymore. More than it is probably a mismanagement of like the company. Yeah. Okay. I did not know this. The limited is no longer with us. I do not know what that is. Uh, apparently the limited's kind of like an express for women. It's like, Oh, maybe kind of like business appropriate to like casual going out, but it's, Kind of that you can go to work or you can go out for drinks type of apparel. This is pulling like a vague memory because I remember there was some confusion if limited to, which is where I was shopping when you were talking about wet seal because I was like a little bit little Okay, with my sparkly jeans, um, was related to the limited brand. Would like to know still. Are they related? Uh, limited and limited to? Yeah. Yes. I think it was uh, kind of like gap and gap kids. Oh, okay. Very fun. Well, Limited 2 had such a good vibe. There it is. Yes, there's the article. For the younger (laughs) set, Limited 2 was launched in 1987. Incredible. Right? Um, But even it couldn't stand up. It couldn't keep up with with the trends, apparently, is what a lot of these... It looks like women's apparel stores, more than anything, find themselves in this. Because the next one, Charlotte Russe. Oh, interesting. I also did not know they were not a thing anymore. Yeah, filed for bankruptcy. Um, sold very... to liquidators in bankruptcy. Wow. And so Charlotte Russe, I didn't ever shop at, but apparently it was akin 
to the limited it was kind of you can wear this to work mm. kind of you can wear this out is how it describes it in the article we had a really strong day to night culture for a long time i remember reading a lot of day like 17 magazines that were like how you style this outfit to go from the office to happy hours so i can see how when and things became magazine? a little more casual 17 magazine so 17 magazine was helping you go from your professional job to cocktail hour yes look i can't explain <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the whole brand of the magazine is underage <laughs> I don't control what they do with their <laughs> 17 magazine. <laughs> All right. I don't recall this next door. Okay. Um, but I I understood it exists in my childhood zeitgeist. KB Toys. Didn't have one. Don't remember going to one. But I think it found its demise prior to the Toys R Us mm, eventual demise. Okay. But the toy stores don't exist singularly hardly i'm sorry large chain toy stores don't exist singularly anymore is this uh, did we talk about the stuffed animals in context with this episode help help me out okay so chris mentioned that uh we were talking about toys r us going out of business and i said that is such a bummer to me specifically because i found myself in times of my life where i need to buy stuffed animals for like oh a baby gosh. shower is this what this is <laughs> yeah we're gonna resurrect this conversation <laughs> this is this conversation. everyone strap in okay. this is a great conversation that lets you know that jillian and i didn't grow up in the same demographic of america okay so chris was like why are you buying fancy because he was like, well, why no, don't no, you just no, go no, to no, Walmart? No. You said, you said, well, where do I go to get my higher end stuffed animals? And I said, hold the phone. I don't know the difference between a stuffed animal and a higher end stuffed animal. Could you please help me? And so we determined that they are not the stuffed animals you find at Walmart. <laughs> we didn't determine anything. <laughs> Sorry, I determined that they are not the stuffed animals you like find at a Walmart. But something you might be able to find like in a in a Toys R Us if you like looked hard and in the right places. There were there were available where they just like feel a little bit nicer. Their furs really you're like it's not gonna like go through one wash and it's gonna be ruined forever. Higher end everyone, higher end. Look <laughs> <laughs> I might not want my own babies, but I love the babies of my friends very hard and they deserve high end stuffed animals. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if KB <laughs> Toys was a purveyor of <laughs> higher end stuffed animals and the, that led to their eventual demise. Nobody was looking for those anymore. Yeah, no one, no one want, they say, give me them scratchy ones. We're okay with them. Okay. Um, I might say this wrong. Okay. But another like tween clothing retail store, uh, Delia's. Yeah, you said. I think that's. I think is, that's how you is say that it. it. Yeah, Delia's was great. That was Delia's actually. Delia's, Delia's. thank you. That go. sounds right. Clicked in. Um, that was actually when you're talking about like Charlotte Russe, all of those. Delia's was much more kind of age appropriate for me. Okay. Um, and I remember it being like really hippie, and there was like a lot of crochet in it. I loved Delia's. Their catalog was great. I bought my Hugs Not Drugs T-shirt from there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anywho, Delia's was great. I'm sad that they're gone. Well, apparently you cannot uh, patron a location. Oh. 
However, they they do have online distribution through a site called Dolls Kill. <gasps> They're Dolls Kill. Okay, well, this just makes sense. Now. Well, they might be distributed <laughs> through them. Okay, well, that is wonderful. I love Dolls Kill. My very sparkly, most of my sparkly things are from Dolls Kill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Here's another one that I never went to. Sam Goody. Are you familiar with Sam Goody at all? That does not ring a single bell in my head. Sam Goody was a music store, essentially, where you could go buy albums and posters and think of like the the CD section of Best Buy growing up and expand that and put all the like, I don't know, more merchandise, more than just CDs around for, for bands and Performing artist. What is more merchandise? T-shirts, oh, posters. That's cool. Um, probably high-end dolls. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, for real? <laughs> uh, no, but it was uh, CDs. There was the distribution was brick and mortar. Like you couldn't. The only way to order CDs were through those like shady like mail order subscription programs if anyone remembers this i believe bmg uh the elder millennials who got through the junk mail of their their parents mail there was uh these mail order cd and uh dvd companies that you would sit there and take off a box and then they'd send you the cds and you could send back it was way before its time but it was very shady too because Mm. you always ended up losing if you didn't like something, you had to pay for it to go back, right? It, uh, it just, it, okay. it wasn't good for the consumer. Gotcha. Did you I, ever order CDs through this? Oh, yes. I was very underage when I did it. Uh, I got, uh, my, my parents weren't very happy when they found out. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I was probably 14 when I, when I did it because my, <laughs> my other buddy who was like 15 or 16 was like, this is very cool. This is what I do. I'm like, sounds good. I want some of that. Do you just like throw some cash into an envelope with it like how are these people i think you get paid? like a money order or something like it's a whole rigmarole what? oh yeah money orders you were are figuring like guaranteed. Out money orders at age 14 i am so impressed asa had to teach me how to write a check oh yeah when i think back of uh right around like the brick cell phone technology like before nokia like the bigger phones that's when this whole thing was like a mail orders like music purchasing so would you just okay mail order for a different time exactly (laughs) so yeah uh, uh, the the advent of of i guess napster is what i'll put to this it's like yeah once you could rip off music not that i not that i condone it never uh but piracy loss the the minute the internet came and created multimedia streaming or not even streaming but downloading it was over. It was toast. Like no one's going to sit there and carry an enormous stock of, of music and music items anymore. Cause no one's going to purchase it. Right. And when you think about no one even purchase, I'm sorry, rarely do people purchase albums anymore. They actually just go find their favorite streaming service and, and consume it that way. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. Um, Warner brothers studio store akin to like a Disney store. To which I saw in an article that the Disney stores are wrapping up as well. Really? So this would be like a Disney store just with like Bugs Bunny in it instead? Yeah, their entire brands that they they own. Warner Brothers is a pretty big house. I think they own quite a bit of intellectual property. 
But um, yeah, apparently they wrapped up. And I did see an article by reading all of this that most of the Disney stores are, are shuttering up as well. Really? What do you, do you think it's back to that same like Amazon Order mall? it online or come to the park and buy it from us. We, we mm. like it this way. And this is the way we'll distribute our brand to you. That makes me sad. I can't remember a Warner Brothers store, but I like I can see how the Disney store is like extremely magical I without s- the barrier to entry that is the park. Exactly. That yeah. that's kind of the thing, right? It's it's an event without having to go pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. Did you ever remember Gadzooks? It sounds really familiar. Okay. Um it was an alternative dresser. Um, it was filled with Jinko jeans and chain wallets. It was probably akin to, oh, what's the one other store? Like Hot Topic? Very akin to Hot Topic. Okay. <laughs> right? No, I don't. Yeah. Band t-shirts. You'll more than likely find some goth kids in there. Heck yeah. Stickers. Uh Probably stuff that will get confiscated at school types of things in there. We love it. Right? And it's just like, apparent. again, mall, mall culture, mall foot traffic, all these staples that weren't anchor stores, but you knew you could find them at every mall, seem to have all found themselves getting acquired and any intellectual property or any unique brand is consumable on the internet, maybe. Question mark. Yeah. Did Gadzooks have the um, little beaded area that you were not supposed to go unless you were 18? Do you know? Do you remember? (laughs) I don't recall. Okay. But there was a store in my mall growing up called Stone Mountain. And I grew up uh, in Middle Tennessee. And if you grew up anywhere kind of southern Middle Tennessee or north Georgia, there is a state... But looking with my adult eyes should be somewhat a controversial state park. There's a, oh, a, Mount, a Mount Rushmore of the Confederacy as the like crowning jewel of the state park. And it's in Stone Mountain, Georgia. It's Stone Mountain. That's what it's for. But uh, this maybe was just missing a D at the end of Stone. And it was a hippie store. And it was just full oh, okay. of incense, tie-dye macrame and I had a beaded off area that you were talking about there as well where they may or may not have been selling uh, implements in the mall. Marital aids. Uh, there's this is maybe more uh, glass formed uh, oh. consumables. Oh, <laughs> that stone in stone. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. There you go. Yeah, Gadzooks. I never went in there much. Okay, here's one. Didn't frequent as much. Definitely have experience. Toys R Us. Yeah. Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. The giraffe. The giraffe. The, the unique smell that is a Toys R Us. What does it smell like? Uh, it smells like the floors are going to be sticky, which they are. But it also smells like pure joy and excitement. Pure joy and excitement. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. I can get behind that. If you ever look into like Toys R Us and kind of the follies that they did towards the end. It's really, really interesting. There's a name, there was a man by the name of uh, Dave Brandon, I believe, who was the CEO. And uh, he had gotten 
fired by the University of Michigan as the athletic director because he made some issues there. Uh, before he picked it up, Bain Capital had promised to like restructure their debt mm-hmm. and all sorts of things to like extend their life. But if you ever look into the Bain Capital business and how they do business, yeah. they wrap all of their fees into your instead of charging you, they just sit there and like they they charge you but they put it on your balance sheet. And so it just makes it even more of a burden for you to get out from underneath a bad financials gotcha thing there. But Toys R Us no longer with us. However, there is rumor that someone's trying to buy the brand of it for obviously way less than it ever was. Yeah. And trying to bring it back. Good for them. It's very difficult, though, with the advent of Target, Walmart, and Amazon to go run a margin-based retail for toys only. Absolutely. I can definitely see that. Um, I think what Toys R Us has going for it that other places don't, maybe to their detriment part of this, was like the variety, right? Like... You could, there's like some stuff available at Targets or Walmarts, but it's definitely not like as intense and in-depth as there was at Toys R Us. Oh, someone should look into outlawing uh, commercials that are targeted for children during children's viewing programming. It's illegal in Australia. It, It should be illegal here, but they had me hooked as a kid. The Toys R Us commercials with, uh, the giraffe and just really like this, I was like, that was a magical place. I wanted to go there, <laughs> and I wanted to spend all the money I didn't have. <laughs> oh, goodbye, Toys R Us and Babies R Us isn't that far behind, right? Like, oh, definitely, I saw there, definitely. I th- I think um, there there's a couple that if they're not folded up by now, they they should be. Okay, here's one for you. Hasn't been around for a very long time. Producer Ace might remember but still not have like a lived memory with it circuit city did you ever do circuit city that was like the other best buy it was the other best buy (laughs) and it just my 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 because this was when i when i was a kid the circuit city left the area that we shopped in Mm. growing up apparently they stuck around for quite a long time and just limped along but they finally laid off everyone and filed for bankruptcy as well. Gotcha. And um, while I'm not a big fan of, do you know who Jim Cramer is mm-hmm. on CNBC? No. Uh, Jim Cramer made a lot of money on Wall Street, uh, was a was a trader, and now he's just a talking head. Okay. On CNBC and has his own show and like tries to convince people to like this is a great stock to buy. Blah blah blah. Right. When Best Buy was struggling a decade ago, he called Best Buy the Amazon showroom for all the right reasons. People were getting a better deal online, but they're going into like retail destinations to go take a look at it, like touch it, anything tangible, things like that, and then going online and ordering. I could not think of something truer. That and like Bed Bath & Beyond, right? And look what's happening at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> they probably won't be with us in another year or two. Mm. So them and Bye Bye Baby and all the brands that they own, they won't exist in That's a year. That's crazy. Right? Uh, speaking of Bed Bath & Beyond, or just Beyond. Bed Bath & not much longer, uh, Linens & Things. Oh, 
My goodness. I thought that was a local thing too. Gonzies. No. That's National crazy. chain. Wow. Linens and things was like the better Bed Bath & Beyond because it did not have the weird spell that Bed Bath & Beyond did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just speeding through a couple more. Okay. Uh, Comp USA. I do not know them. Comp USA was essentially... A Compaq, I don't know if you remember Compaq Computers. They were no. a Dell competitor. They were a distributor of Compaq Computers. So if you ever walk into like a Staples or a Office Depot, yeah. and they're just ghost towns with three people in collared shirts yeah. that work there, that's all CompUSA was with printers and computers. Oh, okay. Right? Thank goodness for Staples, though. When I know I need to get something printed, they are always reliable. You... Are very, very <laughs> millennial because we don't own a printer. No. And the advent and of remote an and the advent of remote work has taken the small chance of being near a usable printer away. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so we have to go pay too much to print a sheet of paper. <laughs> All right. Uh, Blockbuster. Oh, rip. Is there still one that exists? In Bend, Oregon. Well, it looks like we're taking a trip to Bend. And I think it's more of a nostalgic like yeah. place than it is like a full operating thing. Yeah. Uh, How many Friday nights? So How many Saturday nights many. where you're like, man, I did, we didn't make a plan. Let's go see what's out on the shelves. Because we had Blockbuster and we had a Hollywood video. Ooh. I think Hollywood video is more of like a regional thing back where we lived. Gotcha. But yeah, same, same concept. Charge you way too much for overage for overdue fees. Yeah. Little drop boxes. Ah, so good. Blockbuster. 80 80 copies of like the recent release. Right. Right. Oh. And the the little like, please rewind. Be kind. Rewind. Having to create memberships. Yeah. Yeah. Using the phone number to look things up. Yeah, exactly. And just put it on the account. I loved that. Just not having to have a card. (laughs) Like looking back now, it just makes me chuckle that it's like, you'll know if we have it, if the tape is in the container that, that you can rent it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that was some, those were some happy memories. A little pizza, a little movie, a babysitter. and (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I just sit there and think of like how many nights where you're just like, okay, Crap, everyone got to like the new release. What's in the middle rows? Is there anything mm. even tolerable to fill the time tonight? In our house, I don't know if you experienced this too. You were you guys have uh you there's three brothers and one sister. There's two sisters and two brothers in my house. And so okay. often what happened is we'd have to switch off movies or we'd get two movies. One for upstairs and, like, one for downstairs. Lauren and I always wanted Mary-Kate and Ashley. The boys wanted something more manly, like Land Before Time, which is also a great movie. Land Before Time, <laughs> excellent movie. Yeah. <laughs> excellent movie. I remember waiting for it <laughs> to make its television premiere as a small child and sitting in front of the TV <laughs> so cute. and watching The Land Before Time. It's, it's, it's still a great movie. Adorable. The Long Necks. Yeah. Little foot rolling up the little the little leaf. Yes. And carrying it. So, so cute. Was it Petrie? Petrie. Was Yucky. his friend. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, 
dinosaurs. Just a, a great public domain brand. You can still make money with dinosaurs, it Always seems. Can. Even if even if you learn that their arms are on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Look that up. Yes. It'll blow your mind. Okay. Are you ready? So we just talked about brands that we all know that just don't exist anymore, whether we knew it or not. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about That's brands that we, that we know that are failing. Oh, no. And potentially aren't with us longer. This is some like knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. This is the list. Oh, this is, this is Axl Rose knocking on heaven's door, Ooh. just like you said. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Number one on this list, Diet Pepsi. What? I'm shook. <laughs> Why like, are truly. you shook? There are like hardcore Pepsi people out there. And I would assume diet Pepsi would sell better than regular Pepsi would. Because people who like Pepsi Pepsi just don't like Pepsi in like a small quantity. Much I am a diet Dr. Pepper person, I get this. Um they buy, like buy the vet. gallon. Yeah. And so yeah. like when you buy a gallon, you you usually get like the diet stuff, right? So you can drink a gallon. Um so I'm shocked. What? Okay, apparently uh, very popular in the 90s when there was like, because I don't feel like, well, I don't watch TV anymore, but commercials back in the 90s were like Coke and Pepsi, like dueling commercials and on the Super Bowl, they'd all have an ad and try and take like jabs at each other. Apparently, uh, I say Coke because I'm from the South, but soda, <laughs> carbonated beverage. Yeah. Uh, consumption is just down overall and specifically diet Pepsi uh, for the sake that millennials prefer healthier drinks like sparkling water and LaCroix and some of these other options. So we're just not purchasing some of these iconic brands at the volume that they experienced in the past. I am upset by this for, for a number of facts, but the main one is I would drink a diet Pepsi over a diet Coke every single day. And if, we're in a place where they're just not serving them and what's left nobody has dr pepper what's left is a diet coke do i want to live in that world chris of our 40 listeners <laughs> if any of you are affiliated with pepsico jillian is open to do a sponsorship also one time they almost ran us off the road as a family like a big truck did and <laughs> they I don't know, they collectively they, as a company <laughs> big pepsi came and ran us off the road and we got a lot a free swag for Pepsi. So we were like decked out um, from that. So maybe there's a little affiliation affinity there too. But is regular Pepsi in danger? Uh, it doesn't state here. Okay, just diet. Okay. Are you ready for the next one? Ready. <laughs> this one surprised me. Victoria's Secret. That does not surprise me. They've taken such an image. Tell me about that. Chunk. In Tell the me last about years. that. So I would start at like mm, Victoria's Secret, uh, their fashion show was what me and my college roommates watched. I can like remember us like watching it and we were like body goals, life goals, hair goals. Um, loved it. Not, not uh, basing anything off of your genetics and your ability to get no. there. And I think like we were like deep in diet culture at that time um, in a way that I'm seeing swing back that I'm not super comfortable with, but that is for a different discussion. Victoria's Secret, kind of as we moved through the 2010s, we became more of a... I think we're striving more for body positivity, which has now morphed into like body neutrality. Um, so Victoria's Secret, I remember reading a headline that like way less people were watching their show. Okay. Um, and I think it was sort of part of that movement. Um, there was also a song that came out a few years ago by an artist named Jax 
who she wrote it about the kid or for the kid that she nannied for, I believe. Okay. And it's like Victoria's Secret was made up by a dude in Ohio, like that's like he's just trying to get money out of girls like you. I think is like, kind of how it goes. Um, that may be a bit it, extreme, but it's maybe not off. But maybe not off, right? And so when you look at you, you look at these things and how people who are consuming these article of clothing are being marketed to. Um, it like makes sense that you might want to stray away from a brand that has been associated so deeply with misogyny and uh, the male gaze and maybe refocus to the exact same like quality of products with a, someone you might identify more with. Like Fenty has, or not Fenty. Oh, I was Brianna's wondering if people are just going to Kohl's or something like that. No, like there's so <laughs> many other, like even celebrity run options out there that are accessible, affordable, and mm. like they're, it's lingerie still. Um, right. You just feel a little bit better about it. I just remember Victoria's Secret just had a hold on everyone. Yeah, it's for pink a period in danger? Yeah, it's a sub-business of the parent business, gotcha. right? Yeah, interesting. But apparently they closed 250 stores in 2020 for all the probably right reasons. There's no traffic in a mall when a pandemic is happening. Victoria's yeah. Secret also being a staple of of a mall, if not like oh, these more like fancy like outdoor malls too yeah. that are more curated. Yeah. Um, and apparently their, their sales just keep falling by percentages quarter over quarter. And for, like, I, Victoria's Secret is, like, expensive and not super quality. Like, their stuff rips pretty easily. It's not, it's just not great. And so, yeah, why not take those expensive dollars and put them somewhere else? Right? Like, I get it. Like Kohl's underwear. Like Kohl's. <laughs> Had to bring it back. Like Kohl's underwear. If, you're, if you are Chris. Had to bring it back. He's no longer shopping at Victoria's Secret. Okay. Campbell's Soup. What? Campbell's Soup struggling. What? Such a mainstay of how many how many kitchens, right? Man, has anyone told Andy Warhol? Um, Maybe someone went to his grave? I don't know. Maybe, hopefully. Because he's dead, right? I think so, yeah. I think he's dead. I think so. Right? Seance, let him know. But yeah, Campbell's Soup. Apparently, we don't like salty canned goods. As a society, as much as we did in the past. Interesting. Or we we don't all we don't cook for ourselves either. Like that that's also a that's consideration true. to take. Yeah. In there as well. Yeah. Fair. I have nothing to add to that other than that surprises me. Right, and it's just kind of like interesting. Campbell's soup is just a mainstay. Yeah, it is. It really is. But when I look at our pantry, I don't think there's. Anything Campbell's soup, but there's hardly a can of anything in our pantry. No. That, you know what? Soup feels like it's going a little out of vogue. Maybe it'll swing back. (laughs) One can only hope. One can only hope. Soup is good. Soup's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's another one for you. Kodak. Like the pancakes? Uh, That's Kodiak. Okay. (laughs) What is Kodak? Film. Oh, duh. Okay. <laughs> that so, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so Jillian is very into um, Polaroid pictures. I love them. And paying way too much for cameras that still do uh, the ones where it like pushes out the film and it develops instantly in front of you type of nostalgic 
items there instead of yeah. using her phone. She's just very into it. I love it. Kodak being one of those manufacturers. Literally such a mainstay in America as a brand. Yeah. Who needs film anymore is basically what it's come down to. That's true. Like truly. everything's digitized. Yeah. Wow. Even if you are printing pictures, you're printing them like you're having them bound into a book or using a printer. Exactly. Even the professional prints. I don't know if they're using film transfer or anything like that. I'm not I'm not aware of how that all works. I just unpacked like 40 pictures of us printed mm-hmm. on film paper. I'll do a little count. Flip of them over them and take a look yeah. at their Kodak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On the back, yeah. So Kodak, and just sit there and think. I I remember, oh, makes me feel old. I remember buying film, putting it in your camera, taking pictures, and being like, "Well, that roll's done. I wonder if any of that turned out." Yeah. Going and writing an envelope in the Walmart, dropping your little film yes! canister into the into the envelope, waiting five days, come back and be like, "They're not ready yet." coming back the next day and you just sat there and thumbed through a bunch of three by five pictures and you're like, well, that one, I put my finger on the camera over the lens on that one. (laughs) Right. Yes. Thank goodness for digitized photography. Oh yeah. There's something a little, we have a a film camera that still needs to get the rest of the pictures taken and developed from our wedding Mm -hmm. in Australia. And, um, I was like shook at the price of it. I remember it was like $26 or something for a disposable film camera. And I had to reach back and be like, were they always this expensive? I don't feel like it was. I don't think in their heyday. I think now it's just. There's not the quantity going through. So it's expensive to like keep around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild. But it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Something that doesn't appeal to me Mm -hmm. and appeals to less people of our age group are Harley Davidson motorcycles. They're, they're saying, not doing good. They're saying that they the demand year over year continues to fall for a luxury item that is a Harley Davidson motorcycle. You know those millennials, just killing everything. Just killing right? everything. We if we didn't need so much avocado toast, we could buy ourselves a Harley and a house. Harley Davidsons are very like culturally like set. Yeah, that one really surprises me. But it's. But if you think about I, the way that people talk about Harley Davidson mm-hmm. and um, kind of the like post World War II motorcycles, yeah, and James Dean in mm. the imagery of it, and mm. the I hate to say it, the affordability of just basically everything before, yeah, the two thousands, yeah, the two thousand tens maybe, no, um, wasn't. Luxury item, but maybe not as much of a luxury item to get a secondary vehicle that is something you just park in your garage and you take it out on like a good day. Because I still like watching people drive by in their bikes and you yeah. know they're just out for a ride with their friends on like a Saturday with a nice weather day. It's just not for me at all. And they say that uh, more and more people are into uh, Uber and Lyft to get around rather than doing motorcycle ownership. Obviously it's inconvenient for weather and some of those other types of things. So yeah, I imagine there's a time where much like 
Nirvana like band like tour t-shirts and Metallica tour t-shirts that I see like 15 year old kids wearing you're like name one of their songs <laughs> Harley Davidson will just be a t-shirt at some point mm. in the future it does it it does feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with some of that like post-world war ii americana mm-hmm, very um, much so that maybe we're seeing die a little bit recently so like fra- framing it like that it makes sense also like as a scooter girl um as, there are more affordable options girl. even in the motorcycle world <laughs> than a harley and maybe we're leaning into that a little bit too very much so. Yeah. I think, um, granted, American car brands have, have definitely been watered down with more of the international car brands as mm-hmm. consumers here in America. But Harley-Davidson is towards the top as recognizes, you know, a, yeah. a good, like a Cadillac type yeah. of thing, right? So speaking of post-World War II Ooh. items, this one surprised me. Okay. Being from Utah... I'm sorry. Being having from Utah is neither dying. of us neither of us are from Utah, having lived in Utah for a time and understanding the culture there. Jello of all things. Jello Say dying. It so. Jello dying. Not jello. When's the last time you had jello? Um for Easter, because I insisted on making jello for us as a call to our Mormon heritage. <laughs> Do you remember? It was delicious. I don't actually. It was like it had like strawberries in it. It was strawberry jello with like strawberries and whip, whipped cream and cream cheese and cottage cheese. Oh wow, that sounds like something <laughs> I definitely probably put in my mouth because I love you and not because I enjoyed it. You said I am having a really hard time eating this. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Kraft Heinz owns it, and they're trying their best to figure out how to like reinvigorate. Oh man, that product. Okay, thought. <laughs> they just go to Utah and they say, "Everyone, bring out your Ward cookbook." For those of you who don't know what a Ward cookbook was, it's a Ward is like a congregation in the Mormon Church, and there were cookbooks. At least sometime in my youth, where like people would contribute recipes, and they were bound. You're and, like, making sold this dependent a- on. Uh, a very, very, very minority population of America. Sorry. Okay. So just imagine if your church had a cookbook and they bound it together in their <laughs> recipes. There's a lot of Jello based recipes a lot in of there. Jello. I think they should just do like a Jello cookbook. I think they should lean Salt into a Jello app. I think they should. They would find better use leaning into party culture and right Jello shots. Making Jello sh- pre-made Jello shots is what they should do. Incredible. Just like the the frozen margarita popsicles I walked by. <laughs> In the grocery store this week. Oh, we love Great it. Great idea. <laughs> Big Jello, call us up. Yeah. We've got ideas for you. We're, we're here, Berkshire Hathaway, because we know that you own Heinz. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay. Another store slowly, slowly dying, and we know this one. Okay. Gap. Been dying for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. They had a resurgence there for a minute. I remember being like... What was resurgent about them and when was that? And by the way, they also own Banana Republic, Old Navy, and Athleta. Mm, Interesting. Um, I feel like Gap Jeans had a moment when I was, like, it was like 2014, 2015, where it was like the jeans of the season were Gap again. And it was kind of when we were embracing like, um, uh, like menswear. Okay. Yeah. So everything was like kind of an oversized tee. Or an oversized, uh, like, button-up shirt and, like, some, like, nice skinny jeans. 
um, which Gap excels at. That's their look, right? It, it's it's very like timeless jeans and t-shirt without much branding or as much branding as you want, depending yeah. on how you want to do that, right? Yeah. And the Banana Republic outlet by where we used to live um, sold these dresses that were perfect if you live in Utah. They were like cap sleeve and like down to your knees so you could wear them on like campus or mm. some of those places where dressing was restricted. And I had them in like five colors. So yeah, I think there was a time in my memory where like that was a place where I and a lot of other people shopped. I love What's changed since that they're willing to take a chance with Kanye West in the last, what, two or three years is when that whole thing went down? I don't know what you're talking about, actually. So uh, Kanye West and Gap had an exclusive partnership to where Kanye West kind of co-designed a line or lines at Gap. Um, and then in his over the top style, he was very demanding. Mm. Um, and uh, there's an article I have to find for you where all of it shows up in like a trash bag and his demand was it all stays in a trash bag. You throw them all in the middle of the store. You hang nothing up. Yeah. It's part of like the experience of purchasing. Interesting. A Kanye West line of gap apparel and they're like we 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 can't be partners anymore like you you are not for us is how it went down is interesting the nice words i'll use interesting that feels very kanye i hope he is getting the help he needs (laughs) so gap probably won't last another decade is my thoughts interesting interesting how long do, do you know how long they've been around gap it doesn't say in this article i could go find it Okay, I find this very interesting. Chevy Volt is 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 dying. Like that specific car. The the car itself. That makes nothing but sense to me. Tell me more. Because it is one of the less. It's one of it's a crossover, right? Like it can be gas and electric. I want to say or this only electric? was. This may have been electric only. Okay. Even then, um, like think about the other options in the electric world. It was kind of like the were, first one, even yeah. though it was unpopular. Yeah. Right. Like Teslas are, were made more affordable. Um, Priuses are very affordable. The Leaf, accessible, was, was affordable. very affordable after yeah. the rebate. Right. And then um, you've got the Volt, which is the compact, compact solution. And like if you're, it's great. It's great if you live in a city and have plug-in parking space available. I can't think of like a whole lot of other use cases where it would outshine the competitors. Yeah. This is really interesting on how being first to market doesn't mean that you have staying power. Yeah. Right. Because Tesla continues to deliver cars. Uh, A lot of innovation. Innovation to some people's demise, but innovation all the same. Um, and then the other manufacturers are jumping on board. Ford is very much on board with their electric vehicles. The, the Mach-E, which I wouldn't buy one, is very cool concept of a car. Is it the Lightning, the, the truck? The, the truck, And we yeah. had Rivian near us, too, in Utah. We did have Rivian. Yeah. I'm not, not their biggest fan, but you can see there's more competition with more innovation, to your point, mm. in play there to where the Chevy Volt will probably get wrapped up at some point in the future well thank you for being the trailblazer we we love it okay i know that 
from our conversations, your mom was a little bit more uh, health conscious on the choices that she made available for y'all's menu as children. Yes. If did, you're listening, mom, I love you. Did you ever have Chef Boyardee as a child? No. Apparently um, Chef Boyardee is struggling okay. <laughs> hard. And I don't know why. Cause it's, I do not like it. I've never liked it. Even my child <laughs> taste buds. I didn't, I knew something was wrong with it. When I put it in my mouth, I was like, mm, this is not good. I can think of like one single time in my life when I <laughs> ate SpaghettiOs with that same reaction being like, this doesn't taste like tomato sauce. This my, tastes weird. Never sweet. tomato sauce. Yeah, like, it's red. That's the only thing it had in common with red, tomato like sauce. Orangey, it was barbecue-y. Yeah, yeah, it was a little pink. Uh, my mom never bought it. Um, for us. So I remember having yeah. it at a friend's house. I'm like, mm, finally going to get me some of this. <laughs> it was, I did not find it enjoyable at all. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so Chef Boyardee, someone's going to have to get him a PPP loan and forget it. <laughs> all right. Oh my goodness. Here's one for you that is very relevant to this week's headlines. Okay. That did not plan it at all. Okay. Uh, Twitter dying. Dying on the vine, dying. Yes. <laughs> I've never had a Twitter account. Never? Never. Okay. I have some that I probably have tweets on there that I do not remember. I don't understand it my mind as a concept. Yeah. You only have so many keystrokes to like put a coherent thought together and then like put it out there for the world to react to. There's so many other like formats of information that I find are more compelling than, than a tweet. Okay, but I think the best, in my opinion, the best tweets are when there it's like a nonsense account, like frogs, and then you're just like, the frog is doing this, right? Just like, you can curate it to your interest, it's short, it's quippy, some hit you really good in the funny bone, but yeah, that doesn't, I feel like Twitter has become um, a little bit more like contentious and like serious as a medium than when it first started but do you know why it's dying is it is it the elon of it all i i i wouldn't say it was entirely him okay um however things got up ex, like exponentially expounded can i even say that i, I don't know if that's a measure word <laughs> um once he purchased it yeah a lot of the advertisers left mm-hmm. and so the for all of you who are not in software or technology, these things cost millions of dollars to go and like create and upkeep and all of that kind of stuff. And if you can't find the break even, you forever have to raise money, right? And where Elon purchased it and took it private, he's financing the entire thing of it. Advertisers don't want to work with him. So like the no. revenue's down, he's laid off. Well over 50%, well over, if not probably higher to like 70%. I don't have the figures in front of me. Like most of the Twitter employees don't exist there anymore. I had a couple people that I've worked with in the past find themselves on the outside Twitter as well. And um, Mark Zuckerberg releasing a new Instagram functionality called Threads last week that has in a week's time acquired 70 million subscribers. And it is essentially Twitter. I love it. I love I love the plot twist of it all. And that Mark Zuckerberg can actually make something that people want again? Yeah. Because virtual Different. reality, people don't want it as much as he thought. 
Nope. Okay. That was an interesting one. I find that one timely. That uh, just... It's dying as a platform when it had such a staying power before. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it referenced on my TikTok algorithm mm. as the the bird app. I am unsure. I know um, TikTok has some like uh, things that like pick up your words, right? And so I'm unsure if it is being called that to not have it pick up those words and like keep you on the right algorithms that you want to be on and not maybe not the Elon algorithms. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems like it's taken kind of like Victoria's Secret, like a an image hit. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. There's some affiliation image hit thing oh, yeah. there. All right, I'm going to skip a couple, but I'm going to land on a couple more here, okay. right? Tiffany's dying. Thank goodness. <laughs> Tell me more. Did we did we already go on my diamond? Have I already gone on my diamond rant on this podcast? I think, I think we I have, have a whole episode yeah. on it, but it's see that. See diamond rant. <laughs> yeah, see, see diamond episode. Um, it Generations, younger generations just aren't willing to throw out money for luxury goods such as jewelry and don't care for it to be authentic and genuine as much as they just want the look of it all. Also, we are more of a conscious consumer generation and mm-hmm. diamonds are not ethical no matter how you spin it. That yes. is my very strong opinion. And De Beers has the monopoly on the entire industry and yep. they uh, manipulate the economy of it all and manipulate most of the people involved in the supply chain of it all. And it is, it is an absolute horrifying proposition. Okay. Here's one for you. Slim fast. Dying. What is slim fast? Proves my point. <laughs> okay. Do you know those um, Costco protein <laughs> drinks that you like? Yeah, my pure protein. Imagine those in a less caloric form as a meal replacement option. That's what Slim Fast was for many a people in the 90s. Okay. And so okay. it's it's a drink for a meal replacement to reduce your caloric intake is essentially what Slim Fast oh, is designed to do. Kind of like how like Atkins bars and things like that. This was like a, a Slim Fast drink. I don't know how Atkins convinced everyone that carbs were bad. I that don't is know. the wild seen thing seen I'm going to have to go Rob look into Lowe. for this podcast. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> but like overnight people are like, oh yeah, carbs, you've only been eating them for hundreds of years. <laughs> Did you know they're bad for you? Do you know that they make you not attractive? <laughs> I didn't know that. Where can I buy your stuff? Right? But SlimFast, apparently people just aren't buying it as as much. And um, they can't figure out a way to reinvigorate it. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to skip that. Uh, Wheaties is on here. Wheaties should be on here. Wheaties should not exist in its current form. What are Wheaties. Wheaties are cereal. Like mini wheats? Um, no. How do I explain Wheaties? Uh, imagine non-frosted cornflakes. Okay. But wheat flakes. Ugh, that sounds horrible. I didn't even like the whole wheat Ritz crackers we got by accident. Having like... <laughs> For so many times. I know. The boxes are very confusing, y'all. <laughs> um... <laughs> That does not sound delicious. So uh, Wheaties is synonymous for putting like athletes oh, on their box. Oh, gotta eat your Wheaties. Okay. Yes. Clicking. All right. <laughs> um, apparently, not only are younger generations not eating cereal because they're on the go, um, but apparently 
you should follow suit and put sugar on your cereal in America like everyone else. I right? Why <laughs> why bother eating cereal if it's not just visibly dusted with that good good? Exactly. All right, here's a couple more before I jump into the next one. Craft singles dying. Rip. Did you ever make the donuts out of the cheese slices? No, I was more of a how many times can you fold this and break it? Ooh, that's a good and one. See good how one many too. small little squares that you could make. That's a good one. Uh, I was that. Did you make the face masks? No, okay. no, I did not have that problem. You were not into putting <laughs> cheese on your face before you ate it. No, no, no. I, I very much was a folder. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right skipping a couple all right here's one for you that shouldn't surprise you generally applebee's thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> applebee's and chilies can both go <laughs> it's very interesting how they can take food that is a step above um Freezer aisle, like yes. single serve in the grocery store oh food. Oh my goodness, right? Attached to a, a bar. Yeah. Is essentially all they are. They're, they are reheated appetizers and, and beer. And their seats are so sticky. I can like feel the like, my legs like having to unstick from the seats. Ugh. Yeah. But how many, not, how many uh, after work goer has been like, ah, oh, the Applebee's is just right here. Do you want to just go grab a drink real quick? To that I say, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> okay, um, Claire's is on the list is dying. Um, sad? That's where most of my ear piercings are from. <laughs> uh, H&M, disposable clothing, is on the list. I would say we are doing both better and worse at being consciously consumable. Yeah. So yeah, those sense. are those are things that are are in the in the throes if they can't figure it out. Interesting. Okay. Lastly, okay. I know this is a little long. Thank you all if you've listened this far. Lastly, things that rebounded. It came right back to us. Heck yeah, be as as a generation, we have to be one of the most nostalgic generations that there is. We are constantly marketed the things that we liked. 20 years ago again, back right in our faces. I can't wait for Pogs to come back. Oh, that'll be a time. Oh, just. Someone's going to go sit there and say that Pogs are, are more expensive to manufacture and it's going to be a whole collectible thing again. We'll see, right? Here are things that are coming right back at us and we can't deny it at this point. Are you ready? Ready. Uh, buffalo Boots. Are you familiar with Buffalo Boots? No. Buffalo Boots, a brand that sells particularly chunky platform sneakers, has seen huge growth on the dad shoes trend. The company first became popular Ooh. in the mid-90s for being worn by the Spice Girls at parties and photo shoots. This, this like, thick And so platform time, shoes are starting to come back a little bit. They are, thank goodness. That's I saw a platform Crocs the other day. The couple in matching platform Crocs? Yes. They were iconic. Incredible. I'm glad we both saw them. <laughs> Platform shoes. Didn't get them then. Don't get them now. Oh, but here for it. Be yourself. Be, do it. Okay. Next. Birkenstock. Did they ever really leave? Definitely left. <laughs> Definitely left. Maybe not in my circles. <laughs> they were always there. <laughs> so for everyone that doesn't know, they're, they're like cork foot beds with like leather strap sandals. 
Yeah, and then they have the clogs, too, for your winter toes. Okay. Yeah, apparently Birkenstocks. I can, like, smell the smell of an old Birkenstock. It's sweaty feet. Sweaty feet <laughs> and a little bit of that, like, le- like that leathery, sweaty oh, smell. Oh, just sweaty feet. Okay. <laughs> Champion brand has made a huge... Champion brand you used to be able to find at, like, Ross Dress for Less all over the racks, right? And someone somewhere wore it recently, and I see Champion brand sweatshirts and all sorts of stuff as an athletic company. Champion brand was, like, nowhere was it anywhere close to, like, Nike. Okay. Or any of those, like, mainstay athletic brands. It was always, like, a lesser tier that you would find at, I don't know, a department store, maybe a Walmart, maybe. Right. And it was just constantly going to like those liquidation places like Marshall's and Ross and things like that. But man alive, has it come back Uh, in the past quarter? Sales have grown 75% and they expect to outpace the goal of two billion dollars in sales last year good for champion right um i never had experience with this but apparently juicy couture is coming back at us thank good wow we are in for a good time if platform (laughs) sandals juicy couture birkenstocks are coming back wow okay something i very much was aware of airwalk as a brand do you know airwalk um airwalk was for me, I'll speak for myself, was like the OG of skate shoes. Okay. And so back in the 90s and like grunge culture, like Jinkos and all of that kind yeah. of stuff, airwalks are what like kids got to go like skateboard in. You've explained to me a few times about a shoe that you like had a little pump and you like pumped them up or something with that. Is that the same thing? No. Okay. But they definitely should incorporate pumping into their shoes. It sounds like Airwalk sounds like uh, it would Reebok. Been. Reebok had the pumps. Okay. Way back when. Okay. Uh, jelly shoes apparently make it oh, a comeback. Man. <laughs> Cannot wait. I'm going to go find all of these things. I'm going to go buy you all one and take one picture for everyone. And so you'll have <laughs> jelly shoes with your juicy couture, uh, juicy... Uh, what do they have? Sweatpants that said juicy across the bum? Yeah, the matching set, the velour set. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. I cannot wait. I'm going to be so comfortable. <laughs> okay, what is else? Uh, Jinko apparently coming back. We've had this Heck discussion. Yeah. Heck yeah. My mom was definitely opposed to all things that looked um, alternative in culture. Jinko being one of those items, I was not allowed to have Jinko jeans. Oh, no. Well, when they come back, are you going to try them out? I think they're beyond me now at this point. <laughs> what if you just had like a house pair of Jinko jeans? You could just wear them inside. I think I would get old man and just get mad at him. Like, these, I'm constantly hitting my legs against the sides <laughs> of these jeans. I just do not like this. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those are things that are coming back. So I didn't want to... This turned out longer than I thought, but I thought us going over all of these things that were nostalgic was quite like fun. I love it. I would like to add my own entry into the things that are coming back. Put an entry in. Okay. So, uh, producer Ace got me butterfly clips. (laughs) If you guys 
remember butterfly clips. They are like these itty bitty little butterflies and they clip and you open them and these are, ones are sparkly and they're wonderful. Um, and I was looking up YouTube tutorials as one does for like different styles you can do with the butterfly clips because I want to wear them every single day. And I'll be darned if there are not so many, so many cute little like 18, 19 year old girls being like, this is how I style my butterfly clips. So they're coming back. I am thrilled. I'm here to join the butterfly brigade again. Cannot wait. <laughs> Producer Ace has a question. Are you going to kill the fad by being old? <laughs> he asked if I'm going repeat, to kill repeat, the fad. Repeat that for everyone. <laughs> Producer Ace asked if I'm going to kill the fad by being the old person that does it. Probably. <laughs> but much like Chris and his Jenko jeans. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go through it. Okay, <laughs> here's one for you. I don't know because I'm a little older than you. Um, do you remember guys wearing bead necklaces and or puka shells? Did you see our bus driver wearing bead necklaces the other day? I did not. <laughs> yes. Our airport shuttle driver. Alaska is a little bit removed from the rest of the it world. Was in he, Seattle. Definitely doesn't deserve a pass like I was about okay. to give them. <laughs> I find it, looking back now, so stinking ironic. Puka shell necklaces. For so many people that didn't live near a remote body of water, let alone the ocean, oh. let alone uh, island culture. If anyone, if anyone's <laughs> not listening to Be There at Five at this point, please do. It's just a great podcast. But she talks a lot about <laughs> beach culture. Um, and yeah, it was the aspirational wear of the time, right? You would go, you would go on your spring break, you would come back wanting to be a new person. And how would you signify that? Go a to Puka Hollister, yes. buy a bottle of cologne, Ooh. three Puka Shell necklaces, and all the collared shirts that they had. I remember going to California, Catalina Island to be specific, um, with my family. One of the times we visited, uh, like all of my Did they have high and like uh, dolls there. Christopher, I do not know. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember dragging my poor sweet family through every single shop looking for the correct puka shell necklace. And I can still, I probably still have it. It was puka shells, like the true, like the the uniform white ones. I'm very familiar with, with them, yeah. little purple beads that were shaped like a flower in between like sets of them. Ooh. It was so cute. It was perfect. But yeah. Whom's the monster us to not want to come back a new person with a puka shell necklace? Exactly. From like, your I went. Vacation to I went to the beach. I'm a different person. Exactly. Your glow up. Oh, the glow up. I love that. Okay, <laughs> everyone, if you made it this far, <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Help us understand the places that you shop that don't exist anymore. The things that you don't buy anymore and are probably aiding to them slow, their slow demise. Or something that's coming back that you're super excited for that went away for a long time. Uh, hit us up on our Instagram or TikTok. It's probably the best places to get us. It's Mind the Millennial Gap or Mind the Millennial Gap Pod on those two different platforms. I'm very, I'm sorry, we are very interested in, in what you have to say and add uh, to the content of this show. So thank you all very, very much. Thank you. We've, we've missed you. We love you. We're grateful for you. Yes. Thank you for the break. We got pretty dang busy. We, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Next week, we'll be back. We'll be back. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.